This is This Week Above the Fold, your new weekly source of e-commerce news in seven minutes or less covered by leaders in the digital commerce industry. Today is February 22nd. I'm Emma Irwin. I have Gabe Fishbein, Director of Product at Flywheel Digital here with me. Today, we're going to cover Walmart's Q4 earnings, the FTC cracking down on ratings and reviews, and Instacart's launch of a site tailored to small businesses. So Gabe, for story number one, the highly anticipated Walmart Q4 earnings were released. After analyzing, what are our key takeaways from the report? Absolutely. Um, and so the analysts are still chewing on this. The earnings were recording 11.30 a.m. The earnings were only released about three hours ago. But some key takeaways. Um, so you know, first thing to remember is that Walmart's fiscal runs beginning of Feb to end of Jan. They don't run a standard calendar year. So that just means that some of the numbers are going to be a little slidey, but it allows them to capture all of the holiday data and sort of the reverberations of that through January as they compile the numbers. So they delivered strong growth across uh, stores and e-commerce, total rev being up 7.3% X currency. And then store sales uh, grew 83 and 13.9% on a one and two year uh, look. And e-commerce was really the start here. E-commerce growth was 17% year on year um, and 18% when you do a two year look. And Walmart continues to gain share in grocery. And I think that's really the key one of the key takeaways here is that brands who are playing grocery, um, who are looking to sort of continue to invest in e-commerce, um, especially in e-commerce advertising, as well as optimization. So thinking things like making sure your product is in stock um, and making sure that your detail pages, your item pages, as they're called on Walmart, are accurate and uh, high converting. Um, e-commerce continues to be key focus for Walmart. Additionally, um, when you look at their advertising business, so this is sort of where um, folks are investing their advertising business grew over 20%, and that includes all their advertising. Uh, Walmart has the third largest out-of-home network with via their uh, the screens that are in their stores. But really, when you look at just Walmart Connect, so think their search advertising, they grew uh, 41% year-on-year, which are numbers that other you know e-commerce retailers uh, used to dream of, uh, used to achieve. Um, now you sort of see Walmart well on the way of their hockey stick. All right, let's move into story number two which is a story that came out stating that the FTC has begun cracking down on hijacking of ratings and reviews by brands on Amazon. Can you tell me what do we know about this? Absolutely. So this is actually the first move that the FTC has ever taken under this category of, quote, review hijacking. Um, they were referred to this as when a brand or a marketer steals or repurposes reviews for another product. So this is really the first time they've used this definition to talk about uh, you know, variation strategy. The you know, specifics around it were launching a new product and rolling it into a variation uh, so it could achieve uh, you know, the aggregated star rating, the average, aggregated counting of reviews, as well as ride the coattail of a bestseller flag or an Amazon's choice flag on the uh, other child ASIN within the variation. Director of the FTC said that boosting products by hijacking another product's ratings or reviews is a new tactic, but false advertising. It's sort of interesting to hear the FTC kind of use this language around some of this. And you know, we saw in the news about six months ago the FTC was going to start cracking down. I'm actually fairly surprised that they chose this You know, sort of what is frankly not too severe of an infraction to go after first, but it really shows that the FTC is taking this seriously. Um, and they consider this a, you know, manipulation of a product detail pages and a misrepresentation of a product falling under deceptive or unfair practices involving reviews. And so this was, uh, this announcement actually was uh, in October 22. So yeah, about five or six months ago. As brands listening to this, what should they be doing? 
yeah, so there are sort of a couple key actions uh, to take away from this. Number one, um, be very intentional about your variation strategy. Um, you know, this is the first, but it is likely not the last. And that sort of dovetails into kind of the second action here is expect Amazon to start getting a little more strict here. I can absolutely see, you know, a scenario where Amazon hears about this, reads this FTC filing and says, hey, um, we're going to be more strict about what products you can combine under children. And maybe even potentially we could see a change in logic around how they aggregate reviews or how they show a flag. It's really early, so we don't actually know um, what sort of the ripples of this are going to be. This is really the FTC's first action. I think we're going to continue to see Amazon adapt policy on the site in order to continue to comply um, with the actions of the government. For story number three, Instacart is launching Instacart Business. Can you tell me what this is and why Instacart is pursuing this? This comes out of a report that said that Instacart is gearing up for the launch of a site that's currently being called Instacart Business. It sounds like that's sort of an internal name um, that would appeal to small businesses. Um, And this is sort of seen as a challenge to both Amazon and Walmart, which have kind of their own offerings around a marketplace. And so when you look specifically at Amazon, more than half of their rev and half of their units moved are come from third parties. They don't come from Amazon retail. And so, you know, you see Instacart, who's sort of been visibly attempting to IPO really over the past coming up on three years. And, you know, they, they've really kind of been stuck and are trying to find growth. And so the Instacart logo is a carrot. Everybody thinks grocery when they think of Instacart. And so we see this move as Instacart looking to expand both sort of from a seller offering. So who can sell stuff as well as a number of SKUs offering? What can you go buy? So this is probably going to roll in to the business specific version of the Instacart plus subscription service. We just know that Instacart you know, sees the playbooks that Amazon is running, that Walmart is running. And as they look for growth, as they look to get this IPO out the door, um, that they're going to continue to invest in novel ideas. Again, who really knows if this comes to, uh, you know, comes to market? But uh, uh, this just overall shows that they're still you know, here to play. They're here to win. And it gives, frankly, another channel for a lot of smaller brands to invest. And then as you think about sort of what does a big manufacturer do, um, continue to lean into your SKUs that have moats, your high barrier to entry categories. That's really where the small brands are just not going to be able to find growth. All right. I have one more for you. What is the most important story here or the most interesting story in your opinion? I think the FTC story is the most interesting, frankly. I see, I think you sort of see the increased government scrutiny really around some of these tech giants, um, and that includes Amazon. We saw it, you know, in uh, 2020 during some of the antitrust hearings, but you're really seeing the, the FTC get its feet under them as far as sort of the vocabulary and understanding of how these platforms work. Perfect. And that's it for this week's e-commerce news. Tune in next week for three more headlines we think belong above the fold, digested for you by our essential digital commerce experts. I'm Emma Irwin, Senior Editor and Specialist at Essential. See you next time. 